0: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
1: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about making electric vehicles more affordable, especially for low-income families or even middle-income families. Joining me today is Scott Painter. He is the founder of Autonomy. Welcome to the show, Scott.
0: Thanks for having me, Heather.
1: First of all, what does autonomy do that would make you a specialist in this area of lowering the cost of electric vehicles?
0: Well, autonomy is a new subscription program that's available totally on your phone to provide flexible access to an electric car. And we're really focused on exactly what you're asking about, which is affordability. We believe that is the biggest barrier to electric vehicle adoption and to getting consumers to going electric. You know, most electric cars cost 20 to 40% more than their internal combustion engine counterpart. And right now we've got a lot of headwinds against being able to pay for an electric car. You know, scarcity is driving up prices. Right. You've got inflation. You've got gas prices now, and that's actually going to be helping the argument to go electric. And now you've got interest rates. It's gonna cost more to borrow all that money to pay more for the car.
1: Why does it cost more money for an electric vehicle to produce one than it does for a gas car?
0: The technology that you see in an electric car usually comes with more autonomous features. It's got more connected features and so connected autonomous electric cars just cost more and batteries tend to be a very expensive component of manufacturing an electric car. So on average, they're about $10,000 more than their internal combustion engine counterpart but some are even more than that electric vehicles just tend to cost more but the good news is most people don't pay cash for their car so there's a lot of ways we can combat that
1: before we get into paying all this money to put one out some of the cons that i've heard about electric vehicles is that battery that you just talked about i mean how much life does one of those have if i'm spending ten thousand dollars for every battery that i may have to buy for the car and maybe i have to buy one every five years does that mitigate any savings i would have had when i'm not buying gas over a five-year period
0: sure i think range anxiety and battery related issues are a big blocker for people going electric um However, as it turns out, you know, electric cars have now been around for a bit of time. And what we're seeing is that nobody really does replace their battery, in fact, and that battery life is lasting much longer than people had anticipated. The average battery life today is well over 10 years. Tesla started mass producing vehicles really at 2010. And now we're at almost a million cars a year just coming from one manufacturer. Nobody's replacing the batteries. I think range anxiety, although natural, is also really offset about the charging infrastructure. You've got, you know, level one, level two, level three, you can charge at home. The average electric car is driven 25 miles a day. You can do that and and make it on level one home charging without having to install anything at home.
1: I can see where an electric vehicle may be a handicap, especially in the western United States, where we have hundreds of miles where there will not be a charging station. And chances are you might run out of juice before you get to one.
0: Yeah, well, that's changing quite fast. The reality is, is that Tesla as a brand, for example, has really invested heavily in this thing called their supercharger network. And you can get a full charge on a DC fast charger at a supercharger station in about 15 minutes. They have intentionally built this network out so that you can get everywhere in the United States by hitting a supercharger station, and they are focusing on major uh, markets. And so I think that you're probably bringing up the one case where if you're gonna be thinking about a non-Tesla vehicle, you really do wanna think about how you're gonna use that vehicle. It's probably not something that you're gonna feel as comfortable about on a long trip. But when I say it's changing, the amount of money the federal government is even investing in fast charging networks around the country, over 50,000 fast chargers are going in over the next two years. We are going to be very quickly in a world where you're going to have enough infrastructure and enough charging capacity to be able to not have that range anxiety anymore. I think the real issue that you know we started out with, the real blocker to going electric is going to be affordability.
1: Yeah, and I do want to get to that. I will get that in the second part. But I do want to address some of these issues that are holding people back from potentially buying one. And you actually mentioned one. And that is, I didn't even think about is what if I don't go with a Tesla? Are you saying I cannot pull up to just any charging station that may be installed and charge up my car?
0: Well, there's three types of charging. There's level one home charging, which is just a converter in your car and you plug it into a 110 outlet. Level two charging requires a 240 outlet. It requires you probably have an electrician come to your house and install a 240 outlet. But that is what you get if you have a high power uh, washing machine or dryer. It's not a big investment. It's less than $500. And so level two charging is also something that is offered at most places of work. And places where you go shopping also tend to have level two charging. Level three charging, which is this fast charging, DC fast charging, where you can top up 250 miles in your car in about 15 minutes that is really what we're wanting to see in terms of really eliminating range anxiety but range anxiety and battery issues i think are not a real blocker what we're finding is it's a fear that is mostly not manifest when you went end up going electric
1: right but what i'm asking is what if i go with a honda ev am i can i plug in that car into a tesla ev fast charge station
0: you cannot go to a tesla supercharger station but there are also Non-Tesla DC fast charge stations that are getting installed at a very, very rapid pace. Right now, the level two charging network is pretty extensive and it can give you what you need. But if you want to go to a DC fast charge, you're going to have to stay probably within a local metro. If you're going to go on a long road trip, you're going to want to map that out in advance
1: all right (laughs) any other possible arguments we can make that people are have concerns about before they even are looking into getting an electric vehicle
0: well i think there's really three blockers one is the battery and range issues that you brought up but everybody's attacking that problem and it's not as big of an issue as people might fear the second one is what's being produced you can't drive what is doesn't exist You've got 38 different make, model, trims of electric car coming to market in the next 12 to 18 months. It's a great time to be a consumer. You've got new brands like Polestar, Rivian, Lucid, Fisker, all making very cool product, all coming to market in the next 12 to 18 months. And then you've got all the incumbents who've said they're going to go all electric. Ford now has the Mach-E, the F-150 Lightning. General Motors has come out with the um, Cadillac Lyric, the Hummer EV the Blazer, the Equinox, lots of really cool choices for you as a consumer. Audi's got the e-tron. You've got Porsche coming out with the uh, all-electric Macan. So it doesn't matter what price range you're in, there's going to be a car for you. Chevy's got the Bolt. You can get into a Chevy Bolt for less than 200 a month. I still think, though, all of these vehicles cost more than their electric counterpart and I think that's where we really sort of have focused most of our time and energy, and affordability we think is the big blocker to going electric. You're not going to pay more to drive green. You're going to have to find a green car that costs what you're paying or less than your internal combustion engine car before we see mass adoption.
1: We're going to get into that and the actual prices and how we can manage our affordability in the next segment, but we'll be right back with Scott Painter. He is the founder of Autonomy. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about making electric vehicles affordable, especially for low-income families. And I think I would be considered a lower-middle-income family, and I can't afford an electric vehicle. So how are exactly, Scott Painter, the founder of Autonomy, how are you going to make these electric vehicles affordable for people who make even less money than I do?
0: First of all, it's important to recognize that the total cost of ownership is not just what you pay for the car. Most people do not pay cash for a car when it goes above $25 or $30,000. They get a car loan. So what you pay on a monthly basis is the metric that we want to stay focused on. Average car payment in America, no matter what you drive, is $500 a month. So when we start to look at this overall problem, we cannot assume that people who are paying 500 a month are all of a sudden going to pay 700 a month for a car. So By looking at that, there is going to need to be a real how do we meet the customer where they are moment in terms of how automobiles like electric cars are priced on an auto finance basis. There are many forces at work here, though, as we all see scarcity. There's just not enough cars out there, and that drives prices up. You've got inflation that's driving prices up. Gas is probably one of the most real additional costs of ownership that we all put into our existing cars. Mm-hmm. And as car, as gas prices go to $5 a gallon, the average consumer in America is pouring $3,000 into their tank. Now, you're in Utah. Utah has one of the best kilowatt costs per hour for electricity at $0.10 cents a kilowatt hour. You are literally 10 to 12 times cheaper if you're driving an electric car. So let's just bring that back to the dollars involved. If you are pouring $3,000 of gas into your car every year, Mm -hmm. you could be driving an electric car for $300 a year, the same number of miles. That $2,600 could go right into getting a nicer car. It could be the reason that you end up going electric. I think when we think about what keeps customers from going electric, we have to look at this total cost of ownership issue. And then finally, what's happening in the world around us, we're watching interest rates go up, up and up. And if you're borrowing money, and especially for somebody who's at the lower end of the economic spectrum, unfortunately, the reality of life is the people who pay more in interest for borrowing money are the people who can least afford to pay it. So it's not just the cost of an electric car. It's the reality that we're going to be financing these cars. So what we've landed on at Autonomy is we're very, very dialed into gas prices. We're very dialed into, because a subscription is not selling you a car and it's not lending you money. We do not have an interest rate. When you get into a subscription with autonomy, for example, and we don't think we're going to be the only one offering this, you don't have an interest rate and it does not show up on your credit report as debt.
1: Okay. So you are calling this a subscription in order to drive a car. Is that not the same thing as leasing?
0: Leasing, subscriptions, rental all share one trait in that you, as the driver, don't own the asset. We do. So the problem with leasing is that it usually involves a 36 month commitment. And in the case of an electric car, you might also have to wait nine to 12 months for that car to show up. So we're talking about a four year sort of commitment to a car. It's almost like getting married to the car, but a lease does show up on your credit report as fixed term financial commitments, which are debt. So it does affect consumers in a lot of ways that a subscription does not. A subscription is month to month and the need for flexible access to mobility is almost as great as the need for a low price. And it really depends on who you are, whether you're a college student, if you're in the military, you're working as a consultant in another city. Having a subscription is really consistent with everything else we do in modern life, but what we're learning is that our customers put this on their credit card. You cannot pay a car lease or a car loan with a credit card. You can't pay debt with debt. In the case of a subscription, because you can cancel it at any time, you can put it on your credit card, and it's as simple as that. The whole thing happens on your phone.
1: So let's say I'm a college student, as you said, and I am in school for eight months, eight or nine months out of the year, and I only need my car in the summer, when I have my job so that I can afford school and now a subscription, apparently. So I could just do the subscription for the four months of summer when I need it to go back and forth to a job or go home. But then when I get back to school, I just cancel it because I pretty much stay on campus. I don't go anywhere.
0: Right. And all you have to do with us is return the car. It doesn't go against your credit. It is a month to month. We do require a three-month minimum because a subscription works out to about $20 a day for a Tesla Model 3, for example, versus a rental car, like if you went to Hertz, or Turo, a Model 3 costs nearly $100 a day. So this is not just cheaper, it's five times cheaper, and we don't want people to think of a subscription like a rental car. So we do require a three-month minimum, but in the example you just gave, that's really a perfect example. Drive it for the summer and return it when you're done. And it And we also do report the fact that When you're with us, you made your payments that goes on your credit report. So it does help you to build credit
1: unless I don't pay for the subscription. And then, well,
0: the the only way that it would negatively affect you is if you don't pay and don't return the car, that would be (laughs) basically Grand Theft Auto. And so there'd be other implications, but what you don't want to steal somebody's car, right?
1: Right. Okay. Now, I don't know. Do you have some deal with Tesla going on or is that the only electric vehicle model that you have a subscription for right now?
0: So we launched in January of this year, and we chose the Tesla Model 3. We believe it's our generation's Prius. We were able to bring the price all the way down to just below $500 a month as an entry program. However, we are going to be expanding into every EV that is offered, so it just takes time. We're currently in negotiation with Polestar, Rivian, Lucid, Fisker on the new entrant side. We're also in negotiation with Ford, GM, Volkswagen, and all of these incumbent manufacturers that are now switching over to electric, the cool thing is you're going to be able to drive an electric car for less than $200 a month. It's not going to be maybe the Tesla Model 3. It might be the Chevy Bolt. It might be the Nissan Leaf. There's lots of options in the marketplace.
1: Yeah, because even $500 a month, if I did that, I would not be able to put anything into my retirement. Something would have to give in order for me to subscribe. And like I said, I'm lower middle income. And I cannot imagine a lower income family even being able to get rid of something else in their life that is a necessity yeah. in order to get a car.
0: Well, it turns out that three out of four people in America today need a car to get to work. And for all the talk about rideshare, which is about five to seven times more expensive per seat mile and all the talk about how transportation and mobility are evolving, we still sell a bunch of cars and People still buy cars. And the truth is, everybody can afford a car. They just afford a different car. So I agree with you that we should not be looking at a one-size-fits-all approach. Of course, the Tesla Model 3 program is not going to be a fit for everybody. But my point is that there will be an electric car for everybody and every price range. That's the one you should focus on. And what we're focused on is making sure that the decision to go electric is at or below the all-in cost of driving an internal combustion engine car and we believe at our core that if we can deliver that outcome where you spend less you will go electric it's just a rational choice
1: okay we need to take one more break when we come back we'll wrap things up and find out if there's anything else we need to know about this subscription with autonomy and i'm speaking with scott painter who is the founder of autonomy Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're talking about how you can afford an electric vehicle, especially if you're a low-income family. I'm speaking with Scott Painter. He is the founder of Autonomy, and as you were mentioning earlier, Scott, Autonomy is a company where I can actually subscribe.
0: Subscription is a new financial way to get access, flexible access, to an electric car. And autonomy is about giving people the ability from a what-does-it-cost point of view, is it easier, and is it faster? Those are our value propositions, cheapest, fastest, easiest. And because we're not selling you a car, and because we're not lending you money, it's a very easy contract. The entire experience happens on your phone. You can learn more about it at autonomy.com. You can install the Autonomy app from the App Store. You can call 1-800-AUTONOMY. There's a lot of ways to find us.
1: Now, is Autonomy the only company that has this type of program?
0: There there are other forms of getting access to a car. Tesla has its own Model 3 lease, as do every other car manufacturer. You can also rent the Model 3. You can rent electric cars if you go to Hertz or any of the other rental car companies. Turo has these available as well. Rental car companies tend to be the most expensive option. If you go ahead and buy the car, Borrowing $50,000 for a car costs the average consumer $1,500 or more per month. So it becomes really unaffordable if you're going to do it some of these other ways. A subscription is going to be coming more and more of an option for consumers. We're not going to be the only one. You'll see other subscription providers. The founders of autonomy pioneered used vehicle subscriptions with a company called Fair. We rolled out Fair over the last five years. We were doing non-electric vehicles, but we really decided to fixate and focus on electric vehicles, making them affordable and making it easy using your phone with autonomy.
1: And I do like that because I think saw in your PR materials that the only way to reduce emissions in our country is to make electric vehicles accessible to everyone, including lower income families.
0: You're right. Our whole mission is focused on accelerating the transfer to electric Um We think now is the time all of the major OEMs, manufacturers for cars have decided to go all in on electric. They haven't just said they're going to build one or two. They've said they're going to phase out internal combustion engine by 2030. And that is a very big deal. And I think that all happened, you know, over the last quarter of last year where we, we all witnessed, you know, Hertz made the hundred thousand car order for the model three with uh, Tesla. All of these things are sort of outsized reactions to. Really, the fact that we've hit a tipping point with electric. Um, there are so many also incentives today to driving electric. This charging infrastructure is being built. I think it's going to be not just a great time from a choice point of view. But again, the bottom line is, if it costs more, people aren't going to do it.
1: We saw this, though, in 2009-ish. It was right after we had the the start of the Great Recession when gas prices were soaring back then as well, and it, and a lot of people tried to transition into electric vehicles. Well, then about 2012, 2013, the stock market really started taking off, gas prices lowered again, and then you saw people go back to their gas guzzlers. So how do we know that this is going to last? This is, This isn't just a phase like it was in 2009 to 2011.
0: Well, I think in 2009 and 2011, the collective production of total electric cars on planet Earth was less than 100,000. Today, we're seeing about 2 million electric cars being made annually out of 85 million total. So we're still early in the overall process. But if you want to look for evidence of transformation, find out which car companies are actually building electric vehicle manufacturing facilities. And right now, there are more electric vehicle manufacturing facilities being produced and getting started than ever before. Um, you know, I said earlier in, in the conversation that 38 different make model trims of car are coming to market in the next 12 to 18 months. That's a big deal. I think that people largely buy what's being produced. And from there, it comes down to affordability. So the logic that we're following is if they make it and it's cheaper, humans will buy it and drive it. It's just that simple.
1: Okay. Anything else you need us to know about the program or getting electric vehicles, not just the Tesla? Because as you said, you're trying to get more vehicles that you can give to consumers.
0: Well, stay tuned. Obviously, we're going to be growing our product lineup and we're going to be coming to Utah. So we're going (laughs) to definitely be coming to your your city, your state. And I think that it's not just us. You're going to see these kinds of options. It's a great time to be a consumer. But more importantly, you're going to save money by driving electric, period.
1: Thank you so much, Scott Painter. Again, you are the founder of Autonomy and you're letting us know there is an affordable option coming soon to a dealer near you, or I don't know if it's a dealer, but <laughs> no,
0: just, just go to autonomy.com. Yeah.
1: Before we sign off, that's a good question is if you're, you're not a dealer and you're saying that we're not buying the car outright, how exactly do you get the vehicles to us?
0: So we bring it to your driveway. It's home delivery. We're the owner of the vehicle. We handle title, registration, and all of our subscription vehicles come with maintenance, repair, everything totally included. So you don't have to worry about the complication of owning a car. And in fact, you're not buying a car. So it's just a lot easier, but everything comes to you. When you're done with it, like I said, it's month to month. You just return the car. Don't worry about it.
1: Again, Scott Painter, you are the founder of Autonomy, explaining how electric vehicles can become more affordable for everyone very soon in the future.
0: That's right. Thanks for having me, Heather.
1: Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode.
0: Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.